So last week we were talking about some crypto stuff and things like that. Got me more motivated to look into my investing and things. Um, And as I got more invested, I noticed I can no longer deposit any funds into KuCoin. And I looked into it and it seems like KuCoin is like not able to fully operate in America anymore. From my understanding, like it won't let me deposit anything because I haven't done the KYC, which is know your customer if you aren't, if you're not into the lingo. Also, mm-hmm. not financial advice. Just want to put that caveat out here. That's just entertainment. Um, but they're saying Americans can't do KYC and you can't deposit funds if you haven't done KYC. So I have no way to buy World Mobile Token or um, Wand Chain now that I can find at least. And I was just wondering if you know anything about this and yeah. if you can shine any insight. I was thinking about when you said that, but is it that did you initially, it can't allow you to deposit anything into any of your addresses? Yeah. So originally I was like, because I was trying to be unknown, I guess, a little bit in the crypto space, like for taxes and things. Um, so I would buy Tether on Coinbase. Okay. And then I would deposit that into KuCoin, I'd transfer it to KuCoin. And then I would just kind of do my DCAing. So I'd buy my like $10 of Cardano a day, $5 of chain, and $5 of World Mobile Token. But now any type of crypto. So I tried Cardano, I tried um, Tether, I tried USDC, I tried Litecoin. It won't let me generate a wallet address anymore. So I can't oh. deposit into it. And I looked on Reddit and things. There's not a ton about it, but a lot of other people that day were mentioning it. And they said something happened where KuCoin isn't able to do business with people in America anymore. And I didn't know if you you knew anything about this. Well, that's actually interesting because recently I, okay, I think it's before you told me about that. I did use KuCoin in order to remove funds. And I didn't do KYC, but the KYC limit for them, like when they asked me, it was that, I would have to, if I was doing transactions or withdrawals from the platform of like over 20,000 a day, then I would need KYC to a certain point. And so withdrawals do work though. So that's what got me the into withdrawals it. Withdrawals work, but it's just the deposits yeah, don't work. We've been talking forever how I need to get my wand chain off of um, KuCoin. Finally did it after like a year, put it into a wand chain wallet. So I was able to get all that out. I got out all my Cardano. I got out all my World Mobile token. I got out all my WAN chain. But now I just cannot put anything into the system. So well, uh, Even an XL, XLM wallet does not get generated if you try that? Whatever I try to do, I, I guess I could show you now. Uh, yeah, Li- live yeah. on air, I can show you. Yes, please do. Because this is slightly concerning. But so, there are other ways. So right now, I've just become a full... Cardano maxi because I'm just <laughs> I'm just putting twenty dollars into Cardano a day on Coinbase because none of the other things work. So you have my assets. Okay. I guess I need to log in again. Okay. But did you try on your desktop to see if there's a difference? That is a good question. I did not try on my desktop, but it's because what I read on the Reddit, most people were saying they're having the same issues. Um and I tried using a VPN. I tried a bunch of different things. So um, let's see. So my funding wallet. So typically I would go in here. I guess I don't have a balance in USDT. So I go to deposit, USDT, failure to get address. And I try that. I usually use TRX, failure to get address. I can try to deposit 
ADA, failure to get a dress, hmm. just anything I try. Okay, um, let's go back because is this your main account wallet or no? Yeah. So this, well, this is yeah. So funding, um, I guess I guess you can only oh, go deposit up. into your funding wallet. Go to your overview. I think that just shows you like what assets you have. So deposit. Okay. I think it's the same thing. Okay, let's go for XLM to see if XLM works. XLM. And what is XLM again? Um, oh, it's Stella? kind of like yeah, still. Oh, so you, yeah, you're still getting that. But I think let's if we were to try it on your computer, I think it might be different. Well, I think that something changed where they're like shutting this, like they're not allowing it. Cause I think it was kind of a gray area that KuCoin was operating in, in America. Yeah. But anyway, that's so strange. Well, so let's just say KuCoin is off the table. Now, how would someone go about acquiring world mobile token? Well, okay. I can do that. I can do a decentralized exchange, Yeah, a which I was thinking of doing that, but I'm just like the fees. Uh, the fees are not too, too bad because yeah, it's not gonna be as great yeah. as well, it's a not, centralized exchange, but yeah, that's your next best option, really. It's not terrible. It's just like when I'm doing five dollars a day, like yeah. it make more sense to do one big transaction, even though it might actually be a percent. It might go down depending on. I can't remember. I was looking at Sunday Swap for doing World Mobile Token, but how would I acquire no, Wanchain? Don't do don't uh, do Sunday Swap. Uh, Sunday Swap is a it's a dex that I do like. No, no, it was the pioneer. As in the, actually, it was not even the first one. I think it was like it wasn't Muesli. It was actually exactly Muesli Swap is the first one to actually launch on Cardano, but the hype around the branding, the marketing for Sunday Swap, it was Sunday Swap that really pushed everything. Where it's like, oh, the first decks really going live on Cardano, where people were actually trying to make a swap, and it took like days. Yeah, I remember that was (laughs) terrible. Oh, could I take a quick tangent on the Sunday Swap while we're here? I did start to provide it. I started providing liquidity for the Ada World Mobile Token pool. Mm-hmm. Is that a good idea or not? Like uh, providing liquidity. Like providing liquidity is good, but what are the rewards? Is it Sunday Swap tokens? You get the like LP whatever tokens, LP something. Okay. Liquidity pool, whatever tokens, and then I'm assuming you swap them back and you get more Cardano in World Mobile Token. But I know that like when I was providing liquidity on ethereum there's a thing of like they give you more but you can get screwed if like one of them went way up and one yeah. went down because you get more loss. Of, yeah impermanent loss yeah that's annoying so is that still a risk on cardano or is it less of a risk um yeah you're still gonna encounter impermanent loss on cardano but uh mint swap has an interesting proposition like instead of but it's kind of like doing the exact same thing so you could provide one-sided liquidity, but essentially what you're going to do is you provide, let's say you want to provide ADA to this one pool, but you only have ADA. You don't have like the other pairing. Okay. So you zap, that's that's the name of it. Yeah. You zap your ADA, but they automatically on their side swap half of it in order to have ADA and whatever other token in order for them to provide liquidity in that pool. But it's, you still have the risk of impermanent loss. And for people that don't know, could you explain what permanent loss is? So a permanent loss is well, essentially when you're providing liquidity to uh, a pool, you need to have both sides of the pool, like the both sides of the pool's tokens. Like, for example, 
like ADA and World Mobile Token. So you have to provide an equal amount at the equal amount of value when you're providing that liquidity to that pool. But you enter into a situation where it could be not, it's not beneficial where one token rises quickly in value, but it doesn't rise one-to-one with the other token. So essentially there's like that gap in in value that you're just going to lose because you're just not going to realize it because it has, these pools have to be balanced at all times. So it creates a situation where a person would say to themselves, why would I provide liquidity? Well, I could just like hold on to the token and realize more of that value if it appreciates. Yeah. So I guess for like simple numbers, hypothetical situation, if you put in both tokens are both worth a dollar and then Cardano goes up to $2, but we're almost at a dollar. Exactly. When you take it back out, you're getting equal values of both, but you'd be getting twice as much world mobile token back and half as much Cardano. Yeah. So you have more of the less valuable coin. So you lose out on that value, whereas you would have had twice as much Cardano that would have been worth $2 if you would have held it. So like the impermanent loss part. I mean, it's permanent, but they call it impermanent. And then uh, what am I, I think I'm making like, I think it estimates like, I can't even remember the percentage. I want to say 3%, but it could be different. I can't remember what the percentage is, but you're, so you're getting percentage of every time someone swaps, swaps is what in theory should be providing the value to like offset the impermanent loss risk. Yeah. So far it's a imperfect system. Yeah. (laughs) Going back to the name. But it's the one that works so far. But there's definitely going to be some innovation. I think, I don't remember at the top of my head, but there is a DEX or something that I had read that is essentially looking to solve that problem. But I can't speak to it right now. Yeah. But if I do some research, I could probably find it. But yeah, it's a issue that can be solved using the ETU E. UTXO model that Cardano uses as opposed to what Ethereum and all these, a lot of other cryptocurrencies use is like an accounts-based model. So the desi- it's basically the design of how transactions are processed. And the ETUTXO is like a inputs-output and the accounts is like a balanced ledger where like every, for one transaction, there needs to be another counter. Kind of like a, have you ever done accounting? I did take accounting in college. I did very well, but I can't remember. Yeah, any so of it. like it's like debits and credits, you know, like how they yeah. always have to match. So that's kind of how Ethereum runs every transaction. Like another, there has to be another side to it everywhere. Okay. But in the Cardano, Bitcoin, it's not. It's one to many, where it's like one transaction happens, but many things could happen within that transaction. So like it has multiple outputs as opposed to one particular output on the other side okay so, so yeah so ethereum's like one-to-one yeah exactly in bitcoin also use this so bitcoin and cardano are like one to met so just basically the all of those cumulative things that happen from that one transaction have to equal out but it's not like one-to-one it's like yeah 10 could, things happen but the uh, those 10 things have to equal out to the one yeah like one input could go to many it could be split out to many but like in ethereum it has to be like one-to-one 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 for all transactions so it creates this big issue where in terms of scalability and whatnot um because it creates like this there's this famous debate that goes on people much smarter than me are pushing like one narrative as opposed to another but if you were to look at it deeply it doesn't make sense because it's kind of like as a blockchain grows, there's like going to be so many different transactions that are happening at the same time. Yeah. Can you 
really account at all times that everything is happening in accordance, one-to-one, one-to-one, all across millions of transactions as the system grows, it becomes very inefficient. Things are not going to happen. And prioritizations don't necessarily happen in the best way. So it, that's where like gas and like um, inefficiencies in the system. It can't really process everything at the same time because it has to know about everything at yeah. the same time. But when you have like a like a Cardano with the EUTXO model and Bitcoin to a certain extent, it's, it's that many things could happen at the same time, but it's not really necessarily dependent on something else. Yeah. So it creates this parallelism through the system where millions of things could happen that it's verifiable. Things are actually happening in the right way, but you don't necessarily need to account for like the whole system as millions and billions of transactions are happening. But you have like a guarantee that the transaction that you're going through right now is verifiable it's and it's secure. Yeah. So, so like grand scheme of things, like now a lot of people are in Ethereum because it was like the first to market and whatnot. But as, you know, institutions come in, governments want to use a particular system. And that's the whole promise of cryptocurrencies where it's like institutions, individuals all have the same access and the same rights through that system. Nobody's going to pay like a $50 transaction fee in order for them to like push their transaction forward yeah. quicker than somebody else. A lot of these things that could possibly theoretically be solved by layer twos, is that's another argument that's being brought up. But layer twos, they they have they don't have finality the way the layer ones have. They don't have the same model of security. So it's kind of like you you have like a shaky foundation yeah. and you're trying to build a house off of it and saying, yeah, I think the house has all the right materials, but you still have the shaky foundation. So it all comes back to like the layer one. Exactly. It all comes back to layer one. As you build up more systems to have other specific capabilities, you need to know that the fundamental layer at the bottom, bottom is solid as a rock. Yeah. And that seems like that. I could see the world embracing that. And they're like, oh, we'll just do like layer twos and shit. And then like 200 years down the line, it's like, fuck, we built all this on like exactly. something that was fundamentally flawed from the beginning. And exactly. now it's like, fuck, our entire world infrastructure is built on this flawed thing instead of exactly. starting with something that has a sturdy foundation to begin with. It's all about the sturdy foundation because at the end of the day, when it comes to the next bull run or things like that, there's going to be the same thing that happened in the last bull run. There's going to be a lot of hacks. So remember... It was not uncommon to see something in the headlines of $100 million loss yeah. and this hack. And you're like, what the fuck? So much money. That's insane. But that, that was like a regular like it was like a regular day in crypto. It's like, oh, damn, another one. Oh, they utilized this particular design feature that you could take advantage of if you're like really paying attention. Yeah. Or, I mean, a lot of people are paying attention in order to steal money. That's like... And it's so new too, like exactly so, a lot of people don't know how to prevent this shit like yeah if you know the most about it you have a huge advantage and oh like you yeah can, there's so much money being moved around too that the asymmetry of information is probably at an all-time high right now because even if you have like a little bit of knowledge of crypto and just put like a little bit of money in it you're at a, such a major di- advantage compared to the masses yeah because i'm realizing that a lot of people just are not in tune with it or don't believe in it and whatnot but in the grand scheme of things, I think to myself, okay, go back to the internet days. This is before us because we were probably toddlers at the point. Yeah. But let's say in the 90s when they were like, yeah, this internet stuff, it's going to be 
the next thing I bet you at the time is like, oh, um, I don't necessarily see this thing becoming really big because you just see you're constrained by like your reality at the moment. Yeah. You don't see it a little further down the line, things could be completely different than how you're experiencing it. So we're entering that next phase of the internet where we're this is the exact same thing. Property ownership, digital ownership across the internet, things like that, exchanging value. Like our systems right now are so they, they work well enough for our global financial system at this point. But to the next phase that we're going to go down, it's not going to work as well in order to transact value. And like, let's say you live in the U.S. and you want to send money to somebody you have back home and like whatever country you're from. What you it just like Western like, Union or some yeah, shit? Yeah, you have to use Western Unions with their fees. Why can't I just say, oh, you need 50 bucks in order for you to like do this thing back in the Philippines or in South Africa or South America or anywhere in Brazil? Like, oh, I'll just send it to you right now. Okay. Yeah. And like I with Card- Cardano, you could send it. It'd be there in under 10 minutes, probably, and cost you 30 cents. Oh, yeah. not Like now, it's actually much faster than before. So within a couple minutes, you should, yeah. the person should get it. So that that's so much better than our legacy system right now. And the systems that are being built, like Cardano, XLM, like XRP, is that those are like their, their value proposition of moving money instantaneously and settling instantaneously. They, once they really ramp up, as in like adoption and whatnot, value will just transact in such a seamless way where that's how it's supposed to be as opposed to like these silos that everything exists in. Like, and why can't I just send you part of my house? Yeah, that'd be yeah, interesting, right? Without a middleman. To like, think exactly. of how much value is being saved too because you're not spending all, like, so much goes to fees where you're oh literally, I mean, God. you are providing a service of moving it from somewhere else, but like, if you get rid of that bottleneck, you oh, just yeah. free up so much money that's literally going to nothing. You're exactly right about Which, that. Which that's yeah, it's crazy to think of how much value can be put back into the system by eliminating the middlemen and all the fees. Yeah, it is. You have greater agency. You don't have to worry about like getting locked out of your money unless you're an idiot and forget your passwords and shit. And then you're really locked out of it. But, yeah. Um, that was a a fair point. I think a lot of people made the comparisons between crypto and the internet. But do you think that the last kind of bear market, like the I guess bubble we had. Was it last time moves so fast? Was it last year or two years ago? It's that like been two years already since things really put wild. Wow. Would you would you say that's equivalent to kind of the dot com bubble, or do you think we're still even before oh, that? No, point? I think we're still before that point because the dot com bubble was more. There was a lot of institutions just running. It was like, yo, a person says, "I think I'm opening an internet company." Yes, let's throw ten million dollars at you right away. Well, that's kind of what crypto was, and now it's like they're doing the same thing with AI and shit. But I feel like it happens more like. We still have a few more bull and bear cycles before I think it like really hits the mainstream and takes yeah, off. Yeah, because that's the that's the reason why I said that uh, you're we're still in the early phase because yeah, it's, I think it, what is it like less than ten percent of the global population is in crypto right now. Oh wow! Yeah, it's like ten or fifteen. I think it, yeah, it's probably less because let's say what's the global population? Like eight billion. Yeah. Um. I, yeah, I think it's like maybe like. 800 million at less wow yeah that's a lot of people but yeah in the grand scheme yeah of the it's world. grand scheme of the world it's really not that much so how do you capture more people it's usually like to the next bull run when bitcoin hits 300k that's when more people are going to come make in. it easier too like exactly. where like anyone's grandmother can figure out how to buy crypto if exactly. they want without like having to go watch youtube tutorials and like yeah be a swapping financial yeah, yeah you have to swap send from one exchange to another make sure that you copy the tag memo Make sure you don't fuck up. Make Always sure it's do the right it. network. 
Yeah, also, yeah, exactly. And make sure you do always. Because if I you s- fuck up once, there's no one that can help you. Yeah, you just I, lost all your money. Yeah, and also do always. I recommend it. Always do a test transaction. Yeah, it doesn't always ma- do a small always. amount. I lost twenty bucks the other day, but thank God I ha- I was principal because I'm I'm helping. I'm basically running my mom's crypto account. Yeah, and she's always like, when we're doing it. I'm like, yeah, let me do a test. I always do it. She's like, nah, you don't need to do it. And then and that day, that day she was in a rush. She's like, oh, no, you don't need to do it. Just send it right away. And I was like, nah, I got to send a test transaction. And it turns out I fucked up. And it was like 20 bucks. Yeah. But the value, all of it. Exactly. It was like 400, over 400 bucks. Yeah. So And that 20 bucks could be worth 20,000 yeah, in later. 10 years. You never know. That is true. But the thing is, like the, the other four hundred bucks that could have been worth even more. Yeah. Everything gets lost in one, so it's always good to like do a test one. What is it? It's like it it doesn't really take you that much, and the fees yeah. are very low most of the time. Unless you're like trying to do a test transaction with ETH, then you're kind of fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I basically stay away from ETH as much as I can. There's a big project, great project. That's you know you know about options and puts, right? Yeah. So essentially, have you ever heard of the Black Scholes formula? I remember talking about it in college, but I cannot remember it at all. The long short of it is, it's like this: these math professors came, like Scholes and the other guy. There's two of them. They create these complex math equations, and essentially, all that it is is, um, it's yeah, because Black Scholes is just like pricing of options, like how much security do you need. Or like in the pricing of it when it comes to like market volatility. Okay. So that's a long short of it. It's, I'm probably just like giving up oversimplification, but that's most of it. But these guys, and they're doing that for DeFi, but it's called Bumper. That's the name of the crypto. And essentially what they're trying to do is like price protection so that you get to maximize the upside of in a bull run. Okay. Without having to exit your position, like a stop loss or something like that. Okay. So, like, they provide liquidity on both sides so that as the market rises, you kind of place your, you put, it's like you buy Bitcoin. You want to capture as much Bitcoin upside. So, you, I guess, you, every time he describes it, it makes so much sense. But whenever I try to describe it, it doesn't make sense. So, the, the CEO recently described it. And let's say you want to maximize your Bitcoin profits without exiting with a stop loss. You would essentially go access the protocol and then provide um, your Bitcoin. They just say, I want to put in, you provide your Bitcoin okay, in order for you to access the protocol in order. Damn, I'm like not explaining it the right way. I hate when that happens. Every time it's like I go and I go listen to him and like, it makes sense. Me trying to explain it to somebody else. It doesn't make sense. Hey, it's going to help you learn, though. Now yeah. you'll, you'll I, realize the I keep forgetting. I the keep missing forgetting parts. The, the, the messing parts. It's like not coming together in my mind appropriately. But the long short of it is you provide your crypto and then you get to maximize on your profits as opposed to like exiting your positions. And the part that is revolutionary about this protocol is that it actually outperforms the Black Shoals. Oh, wow. So... I think they did simulations and whatnot, and it's outperformed it. And they've also had institutional um, clients that are interested in it. Because when it comes to when institutions are going to be in crypto even heavily, like heavily, but they can't necessarily like take on the losses that 
the average investor takes were like 90% retracements. Yeah. They can't. They cannot do that. It's harder to rewrite the rules too. Exactly. You can't be like, oh, actually, we're going to stop all trading. So exactly. You, you can't, can't do that. Like, exactly like the stock market when yeah. people were actually getting some w- wins. And uh, they, what did they do? They're like, oh yeah, we're going to stop time trading. Out, time exactly. Out. So you can't do that in crypto. So that's the that's the part of where bumper comes in. Where let's say institutions are like, yeah, we want to like have some Bitcoin, but even if Bitcoin starts retracing in the future, like only like 20%, 30%. That's still a big loss for them. Yeah. Like to us, we're like, oh my God, this is like buy the dip. But institutions like, no, fuck. This is like wiping out our profits for the year because yeah. 20% in the traditional world is like, oh my God, we're killing it. Yeah. But in crypto, it's like, damn, 20%. I need to do that like within an hour. You know? Yeah. I want 10,000%. Exactly. I'm like, I'm going for 100 axes. I'm like talking about 20%. So bumper is going to be the... They have an institutional side and a retail side. So the institutional side is going to help minimize their losses and capture most of the gains through a bull run. And uh, with yeah, offering that protection and also to the pricing of it is much better. And the simulation so far have outperformed the Black Shoals. That's essentially responsible for over like what? They said over $5 trillion worth of wealth across the world. Oh, wow. Well, what's options. the downside or like the risk? Because it almost sounds like too good to be true. It sounds yeah. like, hey, we're going to maximize your upsides and minimize your down. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like the the downsides of it is the risk that the protocol does not. Um, it's not that the protocol doesn't work per se, but it's more that it gets hacked and okay. you lose because they're using Solidity and they're deploying an Ethereum. And you know, gas fees on Ethereum. Yeah. I still don't because I asked them about it. I was like, why didn't you guys go somewhere else? And they're like, no, nah, we're just chasing the um liquidity because that's where all the liquidity is exactly that's the problem so do you think they'd want like an early mover advantage like go to like a blockchain that's like low fees and doesn't have it i mean it doesn't sound like that much competition anyway but you think that like yeah they'd be thinking a little more long term they are thinking long term in the sense that they're going based off of how they constructed and built it so far they'll be able to access any other evm chain within a very short period of time Okay. So Avalanche is an EVM chain. I think Algorand is is Matic or like yeah. I, I always wonder where like Polygon is. Yeah, Polygon since it's built on top of Ethereum, so it is. So I think anything that's EVM related, they'll be able to be there. But let's say another chain like Cardano just like kills it next bull run, and it's like maybe Ethereum will probably be in trillion, like one point two trillion. But the fees are gonna be so crazy. Yeah. Oh, oh my, my god. god. I can't. I cannot. Ethereum 2 is going to fix that or whatever they always no, fucking say. No, it didn't. It's actually, people are complaining about... Oh, is Ethereum about, 2 actually out? Like, it's fully deployed? Oh, yeah, it's fully deployed. They had... It didn't fix everything that no, they said it would fix? No, it did not. Oh, the only thing is it's proof of stake now. And it's deflationary. Where, like, most of the transactions, e- Ethereum's, the amount of Ethereum circulating supply is going to go down over time as opposed to up. Yeah. But with ETH 2, yeah, the, the, the fees are still crazy, man. It is crazy. People are complaining. They're like... In a bear market, I'm paying like twenty dollars for a transaction. Imagine in a bull market. It was. I'm so pissed. So I had two ETH. Like I bought it really cheap. I bought it like summer 2020 mm-hmm. or maybe summer 2019. It was before it went up. I bought it for like pretty cheap. I DCA'd it, but anyway, I have 1.75 ETH now because oh. <laughs> I started out with Ethereum NFTs before I got into Cardano NFTs. Oh god! And just all the gas and shit. I bought this fucking stupid mafia fish or some stupid <laughs> shit like that it's probably worth nothing but i'm just so annoyed that i spent a quarter of an eth on this stupid fucking 
drawn yeah. mafia fish and just from the gas fees too because i had no idea what the fuck i was doing and then you put like, slippage and everything and what got me into it was like loot do you remember loot like that first kind of nft that took off it was like literally just words it was like you bought a bag of loot like oh i i, I didn't i hadn't heard of so it. this is what got me into nfts this was like august 2021 and they just like took off it's like a list of fucking like rpg gear so it'd be like you got like a traveler sword and leather boots and all this shit and it was like literally just text uh-huh. and people bought it for like super cheap and then it like went to the moon oh, for just shit. these because it had like the metadata and stuff and people are like oh people can build games on top of this and like you can trade the individual <sighs> items and all this shit and then people started releasing like more loot and it was like because oh, it's God. so easy to copy it's literally yeah. just fucking text so i bought some like more loot and i bought a mafia fish and the amount i spent on gas fees so for like Two shitty NFTs. I spent a quarter of an ETH, which Jesus Christ. it's not worth a ton now. It's still worth like a decent amount of money. It's but the, yeah, it's, it's still worth. But the next bull run, I'm like, oh my God. I bought these two pieces of shit for like probably like a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, that's the thing that I'm so concerned about. If, if I were to buy a bumper that is launched on ETH, it's just that when it comes to the uh, the trading, the fees. And then when you be trade crazy. it back to, I guess there's like something with open seas. Like once you've spent enough ETH, they like do uh, something I, to get rid of the fees and shit. But like, yeah, but it's like, I got to spend like thousands in order for me to, to not get lower to, trading fees. Somehow. Yeah, that's kind of bullshit in my opinion. But that's why like, that's, that's one of my biggest things where I think this protocol, if it, they haven't launched yet, they're launching in August. Okay. I'll and soon. so they haven't necessarily proven the market yet like you said like all of that this sounds too good to be true yeah they haven't really tested it out in the real simulations world. though exactly but the sim- it, everything right it's like everything the simulations are telling us is great and then in real life is like shit yeah. so um but i guess if it does work you can make a lot of money if it doesn't work ah, you lost some money could someone replicate this on cardano like if they're not gonna try to move on to that like it seems like someone uh, is it just because they is it an algorithm or like how does it work for them to like minimize and maximize? Is so it like a formula an, that there's an algorithm to it, and the way there's like this one guy. He's basically the, the CEO is the guy who describes it and says it in a way that I could understand it. But when I'm trying to explain it to somebody, I can't. I hate that. It's like I, I can't. I do, swear it's not a pyramid scheme. Exactly, I just can't explain exactly, it. Exactly. I'm exactly. not as convincing as the guy that I'm giving my money. Exactly. To. Exactly. Oh, I'm not giving you yeah, any money because the gas still, fees. Yeah, because of the gas fees. But if it was on another chain, I would have been giving him my money. <laughs> but the guy who was the architect behind it, this guy, you look at him, you're like, this guy looks like an architect. So he was just saying that the way that they constructed it, it's not something that's kind of plug and play where anybody could make it. There's like so many different things that goes into it in order for the protocol to work effectively. Yeah. You can, like, there's a paper written about it. Um, I tried to read it. Is it written on Medium? Is it on Medium.com? No, it's not on Medium. It's, I think it's on their website. No, it's not on their website. There's another paper that they had released. Um, and it talks about the statistical models and blah, 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 and how it works. That shit just will hurt your brain. I say, if you can't understand it, that nah, it's like it's too much. It's like higher level IQs for me. Um, I have too few IQ points to understand everything that goes on there. So I didn't even read it. I was like, you know what? It sounds about right to me through the CEO, who I swear is not selling me a pyramid <laughs> scheme. But the long short of it is, they need to deploy it. Once they do, they need to deploy it and actually gain as a, a lot of market share so that. It just doesn't make sense for somebody else to try to redo it. Okay, yeah. So they, they do need that. That's one of the 
questions I did ask them is like, how quickly would it be that they could port to other EVM chains? And they were like, oh, that's pretty easy. But when it comes to like a Cardano and whatnot, there's a side chain. I think Milkomita, one of the projects building on Cardano, has a EVM side chain on Cardano. So you could use your ADA natively on like that EVM side chain. Yeah. So theoretically speaking, they probably could deploy in the Cardano too in the future. Um, once Cardano has a lot of liquidity and whatnot. So, so yeah. So I think that if they really, it's just like getting, you have to get in now. That's the best time. You have yeah. to get in now when it's on ETH before it becomes available everywhere else where it's actually not going to be that great. Yeah. But God, the fucking gas the fees. Because it, it's like, oh, I can make this return, but yeah. I'm already losing such a big percentage on gas fees to get in and then probably even more to get out. Oh, yeah. Because if out, it takes off, like the gas fees are going to be... Oh, ridiculous. Because let's say you're trying to move like 500K of... You can't DCA out. That's the yeah. problem. You're gonna just going to have to sell everything. And let's say you're selling... Let's say you made 500K. Right? Let's just say that. And let's say you might, your transaction fee might be like crazy, like five to ten k. And does track? How does that work with taxes? The transaction fees get like. Oh, that's are you getting question. taxed on the full amount, or are you getting taxed on like the amount after transaction fees? That that's a good uh, question. I think it's probably based off your net profit. Yeah, but well, I just wonder how that's cut. Like, do they calculate the net profit? Base. Yeah, I the, think you could probably like deduct this. The, the, if, you, if you have related, that money, you can account that could figure yeah, it out. Yeah, the taxes and everything, I don't know. I mean, pay your taxes, they say. <laughs> it's an know. entertainment podcast, just to reiterate. Exactly. Pay I your don't taxes. Know. Uh, pay your taxes. Uh, but, you know. <laughs> or you can't. <laughs> or you don't, right? If you haven't been KYC'd, I mean. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, you know, taxes are theft, so. <laughs> are you going to really pay a thief? Hmm, that's an ethical question. It's a moral question that you might have to ask yourself. <laughs> were they there helping you out when it comes to when you were DCA making those great decisions? Were they like, oh yeah, buddy? They didn't take the they risk. Didn't, they didn't take the risk. Like, wow. So why they should re- why should they reap the reward? So um I agree with you. I'm just gonna play the fit <laughs> the fifth here though. I plead the fifth. I do I, not endorse uh, I pay tax my taxes all the time. I had I paid a lot in taxes last year. I, ah, it sucks, hate taxes, but man. Uh, because like you get taxed with um, commission as bonus. Well, right? I get taxed for that, but I got inheritance from my grandmother, but oh, it's from her like retirement, and she had like where you get taxed when you withdraw oh. it. So I had to pay all the taxes on that. So that that sucked. Damn. I paid a lot when I took it out, and then there was even more when taxes. Like I didn't even pay enough. Ah, fuck. Yeah, it was. It was like great. This. Oh, is it like money you're keeping aside as like a emergency fund type of thing? Uh, I didn't work for three years, so that was my oh surviving was, to not work oh, for three shit. years. Which yeah, that plan worked out pretty well. I I think I had ten thousand in my bank account from saving for my sales job. I was just planning on going like a few months without working, and then the pandemic hit. Pandemic hit. Like luckily, I just got a job, and then the pandemic got rid of that job. So then I qualified for unemployment based oh, on my perfect. like high paying job. So I was getting like I was living in Maine getting the like highest bracket of new york so i was making nice. like a thousand dollars a week so that helped and then unfortunately my grandmother passed away who was helping take care of <laughs> so i got that inheritance so yeah, i didn't have to work for three years which is pretty sick ah, you might have not worked for a little longer if you had moved if it was south america no but if it, it wasn't like, for those taxes yeah, god yeah. I, I was like oh i have like five thousand still left and then it's like oh you owe four thousand in tax i'm like fuck, fuck. I, I have to go get a job i thought i had another six months damn yeah fucking government that sucks. Fuck the government, bro. Well, oh, actually, 
yeah, fuck the government. <laughs> I say that might be a good note to to end on there. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, we still need to get to maybe in the next episode. How would I buy Wan Chain? If you have any insights oh, yeah. into how we do that, but that I'm sure there'll be a whole other topic. So yeah, Wan Chain is available on a lot of. Oh, wait, is this one episode or yeah, just keep going? Oh, I was gonna I was gonna end it here. And then oh, we'll, we'll okay, pick it up okay, in the okay. next episode. Okay, okay. I guess we can cut that part out. Yeah, well, we'll end it here. Maybe we'll leave it down. We're, this is raw and yeah. unscripted, if you couldn't unscripted. tell. But uh, if you want to find out how to buy one chain without KuCoin, make sure to come back for the next one. Yes, sir. So I'll leave it here. Bye. Ah! <laughs>